0: Welcome, sports fans, to the next great podcast surrounding the NFL. It's the latest catch. I'm Brent Labonte, the founder, and I'm partnering with one of my great friends, Bryson Mercier. Today, we'll go over popular news, topics, headlines, and predictions for this upcoming week. Obviously, before we start, if you enjoy, make sure to let other people know and continue to follow the process. Every listener matters.
1: Yeah, we have an absolute banger of an episode for you guys today. Special guest coming onto the show. We won't release
0: his name yet but you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a great interview. Can't wait for that. Yeah, and that young man right there, he's an eight-man all-state football player. He had a total of 1,026 rushing yards and a whopping 25 touchdowns on defense. He had six sacks, one pick six. That's not just it. Defensive player of the year, dream team D lineman, and the most prestigious award, eight-man player of the year. Everyone will have to listen to figure out who that guest may be. But, man, it's going to be a good one today. Yeah, this one's going to be really good. And then
1: next Wednesday, we have our first NFL player coming on to the show. That's going to be a fun one, Tyler Larson, center for the Washington football team. Um, We were originally going to interview him on January 5th but because he had surgery next Tuesday, but that got canceled because he unfortunately tested positive for COVID. So we will have him on the show next Wednesday. Stay tuned for that one. That's
0: going to be a banger also. Yeah, mark your calendars for that one. Last night, great game. Thursday night football, we had the Chiefs. They were in L.A. They played the Chargers. Won a finish, that was. Chargers had them in the first half. Chiefs ended up pulling it out in overtime with a Kelsey walk-off touchdown. What are your thoughts on that one?
1: I mean, it was really low scoring to start, that's for sure. I mean, the opening kickoff almost got returned for a touchdown. And then they got stopped at the goal line. Um, that was just kind of a night for Los Angeles. They could not put the ball in the end zone or get points when they needed to. Um, and then at the end of the game, the defense just forgot to play football. Like, they forgot how to play. It. And then the scoring just, oof, those overbetters are really happy tonight, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they are. I'll tell you what, our parlay we put together, I lost. Um, so don't take my parlays. I've been losing a lot of money. So is Bryson. Um, I don't know if Lane's hit or not. I'm pretty sure it did. He took the Mahomes over. He threw for 400 yards last night. Um, obviously, Chiefs money line betters. They're pretty happy. Chargers. Tell you what, you were right. They could not put that ball in the end zone. They took. Um, they took so many drives down to their own. I don't know inside the ten, and they ended up opting out. Know, they're like, no, we're not going to get the field goal. We're going to try to score. And their coach, Brandon Staley. He said, you know, I don't regret it. That's the way we play. And they left the kicker sitting there on the sidelines instead going for it. And uh, I don't know how many fourth-down conversions they failed on last night, but it was a bunch. To me, that was just horrible coaching. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, he seems like he's back, seems like he's hot, and they're ready to rock and roll. I mean, they're, they might be the scariest team right now in the AFC. Yeah, they might be. And back to the point of the Chargers not being
1: able to score the football. Herbert was 22 of 38 for 236 and two touchdowns, one pick. But they had eight receivers that were in double-digit receiving yards last night, and they only scored 28 points. That's got to change. If you have that many receivers over 10 yards receiving and you can't put the ball in the end zone, that's a troublesome recipe for success right there. You know what I mean? And then on the other side, Pat Mahomes had an amazing game, 22 of 38, or t- thirty one for forty seven, four ten and three touchdowns. I mean, he had an amazing game. He also ran the ball a couple of times. That was good to see. But I agree with you. They are they,
0: the Kansas City Chiefs might be the scariest team in football right now, not just the AFC. For the Chargers, yeah, they ran through Austin Eckler last night. I I don't think they gave him the ball enough. Only twelve carries, fifty nine yards. He had a touchdown. Helped my fantasy team out a little bit. Um, Herbert looks sharp. I mean, he had that one pick. It was tipped. And I believe Mahomes' pick was also tipped. It was an athletic play. Um, But Andy Reid's got to be happy. Um, They look back. And their defense, they've been playing better. I mean, they played a really, really good offense in the Chargers last night. Um, Tyree Kill had 12 receptions, 148 yards, a touchdown. And Travis Kelsey had a career night, one that he won't forget. 10 catches, 191 yards and two touchdowns. And that uh walk-off touchdown he had. I don't know how he scored it on or scored on that play. To me, better tackling there. And I think you said earlier, their defense absolutely forgot how to play. And especially they needed to know how to play. In that overtime,
1: man. Yeah, and I mean, the Chiefs right now, they're on a 7-game winning streak. I think that winning streak started back against the Packers. Um Yeah, they're looking really good, playing really good football right now. Like I said, Travis Kelsey had an amazing game
0: last night. I got kind of a hot take for you. It revolves around this game. Justin Herbert is a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. My number one, Aaron Rodgers. My number two, Patrick Mahomes. And my number three is Justin Herbert. The numbers that he's been putting up, he's on pace to be the best quarterback in NFL history right now. I don't know what, where you stand, I guess, on this take, but that's where I stand. He's been playing unbelievable. I think he has developed great in this offense, and he's playing with a lot of confidence. I think that's what helped him out. He's got a really good team around him, some good weapons, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler helps him out a bunch as well. So I think top three and that shouldn't even be debated. I, I think it's debatable, that's for sure, but I mean, I
1: you nailed something on the head. He has got such a great situation there right now. There's so many young quarterbacks that you see just don't flourish because they're not in the right system. They don't have a good team around them, but Justin Herbert, he is set up for success. That team, he's got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I mean, they are studs out on the outside and yeah, he's got a really good spot there in the ch- Los Angeles, but they got to keep him there too. Contracts come, come up quicker than you think, so they got to keep him there for sure. My top three quarterbacks right now, I agree with you on one thing. Aaron Rodgers is number one, but I think number two has got to be Tom Brady. Number three has got to be Pat Mahomes. Tom Brady's just – his numbers are unbelievable this year for a 44-year-old, even though – He's not the GOAT. He's not the GOAT, but he's having a good year,
0: that's for sure. I could agree on the GOAT part, and my top three is not the same as yours, but I do have those three quarterbacks kind of relatively around the same in that order. Um, our next segment now, we'll move on to stardom, sit them. Um, our last podcast, we're going to take a look at kind of what we did for the games. We predicted you know who would win, um, but this time we're going to do something a little different. For this week, you know – This could be very crucial for some people's fantasy teams. Uh, Playoffs are among most of us. So what players are must-sits and must-starts? Want to start with the stardom? All right, my first stardom of the week, Nick Chubb
1: against the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, if you think about it, they're just quarterbacks going down for the Cleveland Browns right now with COVID. So if you can – I mean, Nick Chubb's going to be running the ball a lot. And then – my other stardom, Kyler Murray versus Detroit, and this one, self-explanatory. Detroit's defense is terrible. Kyler Murray's coming off a loss. He doesn't have D-hop. That's not going to matter, against Detroit especially. That's that's my two stardoms right there.
0: All right, so my first stardom here is Robbie Anderson, receiver for the Panthers. They play the Bills, and I ended up picking up Robbie Anderson last week in a 12-person league and I sat him, but I I really wanted to start him because I think they lost last week, I don't know, the Falcons, I believe, and he had seven catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. He's playing much better with Cam. He's getting a little more targets than he did when Darnold was there. Um, I have a stat here, 166 yards, two touchdowns with Cam in four games, where in the past nine games before that, he was playing with Darnold. He had 206 yards and two touchdowns. The targets have been up. So I think if you need a low-end receiver, pick up Robbie Anderson right now. I think you'll flourish these last couple of weeks, and especially playoff time. He would not be a bad ad. Um, next up, my number two here for stardom, Jalen Hurts versus Washington. Man, Washington has been faced with the COVID bug here. They are down a lot. And Two mobile, mobile quarterbacks have beaten Washington so far this year, Cam and Russ. And both of those guys have totaled over 19 fantasy points. So this one, I'm going Jalen Hurts. I don't think that would be a bad um stardom this week. All right, my sit-em for the week, um, I've
1: got two of those as well. I've got Hollywood Brown versus the Green Bay Packers just because the Packers secondary is playing so good right now. I don't think Jair Alexander is playing this week, but – That's not going to matter. This secondary is playing so good right now. Razul Douglas is putting on a show. Eric Stokes isn't making bad decisions. He's not giving up big plays. And that secondary, when Jair Alexander comes back, is going to be scary good come playoffs. And then my second of the week is Josh Jacobs versus the Cleveland Browns. Just because I think that that Browns defensive line is good enough to keep him in check, and I don't think he's going to have one of his normal nights with – 20, 25 fantasy points. I think he's going to be held maybe the single digits by that Browns defensive line. He might. Yeah. I think, I think the Browns
0: defensive line are going to do their job this week. So my two i I'm going to go Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know how many, you know, fancy teams actually have Teddy Bridgewater in your starting lineup, but if you have a big league, who knows? And if you got some options at quarterback, I don't know if I'd go with Teddy B. Explain playing the Bengals. And the Bengals' D, they had five sacks last week. But before that, they had three straight games with interceptions. So when Teddy Bridgewater is forced to pass, when he throws the ball 30-plus times in the game this season, he's had seven interceptions. And he's only had seven picks on the season. So if you force Teddy to throw the ball this week, I think turnovers are about to come. And that leads to a low fantasy, uh, fantasy score for you. So I would not go Teddy if he's on your roster. Now, Michael Pittman Jr. is my second guy. He is the Colts, you know, stud receiver. If the Patriots D comes out and plays like they have been, like they're fourth ranked in the league in defense, Pittman has not scored a touchdown in four straight games. He came out the season hot, putting up 20-plus points a week, but the last four games, 11 fantasy points. And uh, that's our stardom sit
1: All right, we are now going to add Mr. Wyatt Rob to the podcast. Wyatt, how are you doing today?
2: Pretty good. How are you guys?
1: Great, great. All right, I've got my day. So you transferred to North Central, but before you transferred, what school did you go
2: to and, like, what made you move and when did you move? Oh, yeah, so I transferred here last fall. Um, I went to Stockton High School. And uh, there was just a, a bunch of different things uh, with the COVID season. Uh, we didn't know if Illinois was going to have sports. So we came up here uh, with the opportunity to play sports, and my dad had the opportunity to start a business, so it all just worked out.
0: Interesting. Now, why it's Brent here. I'm going to ask you the next question. So you move, to, you move to Powers North Central, and the first thing they do, they move you to nose tackle. I believe in the past you played linebacker. So for a man that's like 5'8", how difficult was that transition?
2: Yeah, um, I relied heavily on my athleticism. Um, I'm a lot faster than most of the guys that I'm going against. So uh, performing wasn't hard. It was just uh, difficult getting used to not being at a linebacker safety spot.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you move here and... I bet you there was no thought ever of even winning one state championship, much less two in a row back-to-back, was there?
2: Yeah. um, My old school wasn't – um, they were pretty good. They had a lot of talent, but we could never um, go have deep runs in the playoffs or anything like that. So coming here, I knew you guys had a history of championships, and uh, I was just hoping I could string a couple together.
0: Yeah, Bryson, I don't know if you know how many we've won in the past four years. How many state championships have powered North Central 1? Well,
1: it's been three in basketball and four in football, so that's seven in the past – I don't know, since 2016, so in the last five years. Seven in the last five.
0: Very impressive. Now, there are many comments, Wyatt, on, like, eight-man football not being real football. What is your response to those people, and do you think it hurts your, like, recruiting process?
2: Um, My response is um, – you know, it's still football. We're, we still got pads on. We still got helmets on. Uh, we're still trying to beat everybody we're lining up against. Um, it's not our fault that we can't field um, or get enough kids to go out or have. We only have 105 kids in our school. So for us to be able to put up the same numbers as like Eski or Gladstone or Kingsford is just unrealistic. Um, but I think it does hurt the recruiting process a little, um, especially with my size. That doesn't help either. But um, coaches are looking for hoopers. So especially when you have a big name like North Central and you're winning back-to-back state chips, they, uh, they'll they find you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, you talked about your state championships games. Your first one was a really big game. Um, but your first season you wore number 28. Then you changed mm-hmm. to number 17 for your senior year. Um, why did you change your number in, like, I did a little research and you changed it for a person. I don't know who that person is, but, Mm -hmm. you know, give me a little backstory on that. And does that person give you some like extra motivation to keep going or stuff?
2: Yep. So, um, number 17, uh, I got my motivation to change my number to that because of Colton dry. Uh, he was a family friend of ours growing up. He was quite a few years older than me, four or five, I think. But, um, his, his dad and my dad worked together. They went to, jamaica on vacation and youth or not youth trips but um just uh like vocational trips helping uh, the community and stuff like that and so um i was with him most of my childhood um and he passed away in a car accident in 2019 and so he won state number 17 in his senior year so i figured that uh i'd do a little memorial for him type deal and Win state in his jersey for him.
1: Yeah, for sure. And by the way, that first state championship game, 148 total yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns, two receiving, two rushing. Just to give a little backstory. Yes, this dude is a baller. (laughs) Tell you what,
0: man, you are legit. And with all those stats that you have, there have been colleges that reached out to you: Concordia, Wisconsin, Finlandia, St. Norbert, Elma, Lakeland. So I don't know if they all offered you quite yet. I know some of them have. Do you have one of those colleges in mind, or is that, like, too soon to kind of decide on?
2: Um, uh, I really liked Alma. Uh, they were my first school that uh, got in contact with me, so I feel a little, um, like, sense of bonding to them a little bit. Um, however, they're really expensive, so it's not ideal. And then uh, Lakeland was my f- favorite school. Uh, they have a winning program. So I'm looking – I'm kind of just waiting right now. Um, My recruiting picked up a little bit the last half a month. It picked up pretty quick. So I'm just letting everything unfold until it slows down, and then I'll make a decision.
0: Yeah, You go ahead, Bryson. Yeah,
1: for sure, Wyatt. Hey, man, we can't thank you enough for coming on to our show today. Um, Good luck with everything else going on and recruiting and stuff. And, hey, if you want to let a brother know when you commit, Don't be afraid to tell us first, you know? Hey,
2: we'll do, buddy.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks, Wyatt, so much. No problem. Thank you to Wyatt for joining us today. Um, For those of you who don't know, he is one of our best friends. We go to school with him. Um, When he transferred here, he gelled in with us right away. Amazing dude. Um, You know, awesome job today on the podcast. But for those of you who don't know who Palmer's North Central is, football powerhouse right now two straight state championships undefeated seasons haven't lost in like three years i mean they are such a powerhouse and i mean back five years ago their basketball and football team were complete powerhouses um their basketball team won an 86 game winning streak um three state three straight state championships during that run i mean they were just crazy at the game of basketball and so just search them up on google you can find a lot on powers north central but now we're going to go on to our next topic here, which is Urban Meyer being fired in Jacksonville. Now, I don't want to say we called it on our last episode, but we did say that he was going to get fired sooner or later, didn't we, Brent?
0: We did. I think Jacksonville was listening. They might have been one of our viewers that day because we absolutely nailed it right on the head. And the one thing we're really going to go over, we're not going to really go over the news. We did cover all like the issues that they had with him, all this stuff that he – you know, he called out his coaches, um, kicked his kicker, for God's sake, all this stuff. But we're really going to see who's in, who's coming in next, who are their candidates that they could possibly could hire um, for this open job. Right now, Daryl Bevel is the interim head coach. So he will not be there next season as their next head coach. And if he is, I will be shocked. Um, some candidates, Bryson, who you got? I got my
1: favorite candidate of them all. Is Kellen Moore from Dallas, the offensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys? I think he's been waiting to get a head coaching job. Um, but another key one, a couple other key ones that you know I wouldn't mind seeing is Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City, the offensive coordinator there. He was pro- he should have went to a head coaching job last year, but he didn't really choose to go that route. Um, he could definitely be a nice fit there. But another one that I thought was really interesting when I read it, Jim Caldwell, um, ex coach of the head coach of the Lions when they were actually somewhat decent. I mean, he's got to be a decent coach. So, I mean, that would be an interesting one as well. But like I said, my favorite to get that job right now, Kellen Moore, young, especially young quarterback, young backfield with Travis Etienne coming back. I mean, yeah, I think Kellen
0: Moore's got to be the guy here. I agree with you. Uh, the Jim Caldwell thing, he had an interview to be a head coach, I believe with the Texans last year, and they did not end up hiring him. But the Lions, they got rid of Codwell for winning, which is just so uncharacteristic. You know, they don't ever win. So why get rid of a guy that actually gets that that done? I don't know. It's Detroit for you. But my candidate, Byron Lefwich, the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers right now. He's going to be a hot candidate for all those coaches that are on the bubble right now. You know, he'll be at many interviews. Back in 2007, the Jags drafted him with the seventh overall pick in the first round. He was a quarterback, played nine seasons. He actually played for the Buccaneers, and uh, so now he's coaching there. So he can complete the full circle, come right back to the Jags and be their next head coach, which I think they should do. You know, he's been the OC for the Buccaneers the past two seasons, two, three seasons, and he's helped Tom Brady um, and that offense get to the next level. They won a Super Bowl last year, and it makes total sense. Uh, you said Kellen Moore, him and Dak Prescott, what they do, what he could do for Trevor Lawrence. That could really help him develop and take a next step. And the players would want to play for him. The issue this year for Urban Meyer was the players did not like him and they couldn't really connect, and uh, it created a divided locker room. The Buccaneers, they scored the first amount of points like per game. They scored the most. They had the most yards per game, and they scored the most touchdowns per game amongst all the offenses in the NFL right now. So this would be a perfect fit. I think all the guys we listed would make a lot of sense for this young Jacksonville team.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, worst-case scenario, nobody can be worse than Urban Meyer, I don't think. I mean, that was – I don't think anything even went right in that – I mean, they beat the Bills somehow. I don't know how that even happened, but that's probably the only good thing that happened with this Urban Meyer situation. That was a quick in and out for him. Now we're going to go on. We talked about the Lions a little bit. We're going to go to their divisional rival. but well, I don't know if it's a rivalry because the Packers have just been dominating them the last couple of years. But we're going to go on to Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. He was stating that he's just loving playing ball for the Green Bay Packers right now. And I mean, who wouldn't? They're the number one seed in the NFC right now. They're 10 and three. Rodgers has got 27 pit. 27 touchdowns to four interceptions. Two interceptions came in the first game of the year. And so if you take the first game out of the year out of it completely, he's got 27 touchdowns and two interceptions on the year, which is amazing. Even with the two interceptions, I mean, it's a seven to one touchdown interception ratio on the year, which is, I mean, unheard of basically. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is known for, right? Not turning the ball over, throwing a lot of touchdowns, but I don't know. This is making a lot of those haters that say Aaron Rodgers ain't going to be there next year look a little stupider today. Because I mean, as a Packers fan, this is a best case scenario right now. Because us without Aaron Rodgers is just we're we're going to be so bad without him. That was shown in the Kansas City game with Jordan Love at quarterback. Now I think Jordan Love's got some potential. He's not going to be terrible, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a once in a generation type talent, and if the Packers want him to stay, they got to make him feel wanted. And I think they're doing that so far
0: this year. They got to keep it up, though. Yeah, you left it. You left out right where I want to continue because they've let him have more of a say. And I think that's kind of what it turned his mind around. Where, you know, before heading to the season, he absolutely wanted out, but he was just going to tough it out. And you know, he had a contract to finish. And he has one more year left on that contract. He has like a little option that he can. Opt out if he wants to and leave for a new team. Packers can end up trading them or cutting them and they get all this cap. Um, but if they win a Super Bowl, there's no way Aaron Rodgers leaves. It, it would just be stupid. I mean, they've done everything that he's that you know he's requested. Get Randall Cobb. They brought in some guys on um, this offseason, Devontae Campbell, who may be the most underrated player in all of football right now on the defensive side, and another guy who they picked off a practice squad. And for Roger to say, how in the world is this guy in a practice squad? He wasn't even good enough to make the Texans roster this year. Rajul Douglas, the best corner ranked by PFF in the NFL. So I think the Packers, you know, he talked to Goody, the GM, Murphy, the CEO. They've had a great relationship in the past couple of weeks. And even him and LaFleur, who everybody said they could never get along, they seem like best buds right now. And he has more of a say. So that's why I think Rodgers will be back in Green Bay, um, back to winning some football games, and with or without Devontae Adams.
1: Yeah, if he doesn't retire a Packer, we did something wrong because I know that he loves the city of Green Bay. He wants to be there. He just wants to be in the right situation for himself, and it's Green Bay's job to give him that situation. And I think they're going to be able to do it, hopefully.
0: But, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers retires a Packer. That's my hot take of the day. I like it. And I totally agree with it too. I don't know if Lane would big chiefs guy, AFC. Um, but that is our, um, hot take. We both agree on that. So we got a lot of news today about COVID taking over the NFL and it's really changed the schedule for this week's game. Um, but they also changed protocols. We have players from Washington, the Rams, the Browns, they're all testing positive. So, um, I did see some news that the Seahawks game, I believe, Seahawks-Rams game are expected to be playing on Tuesday. And the Browns-Raiders moves to Monday. There's also the different, like, game changes here. Like, they're flexed at different times as well. Um, Washington with other quarterback, Taylor Heineke. They're also without their backup, Kyle Allen. Going to have to go with this young man named Kyle Shermer. It could be a mess for Washington. I don't know if they postponed that game yet. We don't have any news on that. Um, what are your thoughts on that game? Do you think it changes in any way?
1: I mean, I'd be surprised if it doesn't. I mean, there's just so much going on right now. It's a lot to unwrap. I mean, there. as of today, when I checked, there are 127 people that are listed as out because of COVID in the NFL today. That is in a crazy amount that this week there are 127 people that cannot play football because they have COVID-19. That's just crazy. Obviously, it spiked a lot in the NFL. But, I mean, back to the Washington football team, they have 20 players on their squad right now that are on the COVID list. And that is a ton of people. I mean, on a 53-man roster, that's a lot of it. I mean, almost 40% of their roster is out with COVID, so they got to go out and make a bunch of signings and stuff. I don't know if that game's going to go on. Um but you mentioned the Cleveland game got moved, right? And they also are without their head coach and 14 of their players, as I last checked. So there's just so many teams with different types of COVID situations, and it'll be interesting to see how the NFL, you know, manages manages this situation. And hopefully, they just stay consistent with everything. Um, that's all I'm hoping for is consistency. I don't want any like, you know, un- inconsistent reactions. To stuff,
0: Yeah, I do know they made some changes, um, like I said before, to the protocols. Some vaccinated players, they can return sooner now. I think before they had like a 10-day window where they could test um, daily. And if they had like a negative test, they could come back. So now I hear they changed that. But what the NFL is making a case of, Detroit, they had like a really bad, like they had flu cases going throughout their building there. And those players were more sick than the players that had COVID. So I don't know if the NFL is going to change something there because there are a lot of men right now out due to COVID. And their teams are reacting by signing players, uh, practice squads, and some players that have been out for weeks and years in the NFL are coming back to play. Um, This creates more opportunity for those type of players, but we're going to have to see exactly how the NFL um, reacts to this. and. Um and that's all we got today. The the COVID in the NFL was our last segment here.
1: Yeah, thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. Next episode's going to be next Wednesday, I think. Uh so stay tuned for that and we'll catch you later.